0: Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast,
2: Um,
0: my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello. And welcome back to sports reporters who have indeed reassembled here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am on my back porch. This is a unique situation. And unfortunately the video is not available here on this very program today, but just imagine uh, the 13th hole on a golf course here in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's on a perfect, perfect spring day. It's like I'm at the masters uh, a little bit here. Andrew Hammond of AL.com. Andrew, good good evening. Good morning, sir. How are you?
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you. It's a tradition unlike any other,
0: as the kids say.
1: Um, Yeah. You know, I didn't get a chance to watch the Masters last weekend. Like, Mm -hmm. but I was kind of upset that there wasn't as much. And look, I get the Masters is important. It's regal. It's all of that. Mm -hmm. But I was very mad that we didn't get as much live versus PGA Tour smack talk (laughs) as we should have. Um, it, It was just very like. Hey, I'm saying it's just the culture, right? It's just golf yeah. culture. That they don't. Well, it's it's also it's also Augusta National.
0: Yeah, so that's like, not going to fly.
1: Yeah, but also I feel like if you were if you were if if this would have been at the U.S. Open, but you know you can't live yep. golfers can't. I don't think live golfers the only major they can play or majors they can play are the Open and the Masters. I don't think they can play the U.S. Uh, U.S. Open.
0: That's a good question. I'm not sure, think, off the t-
1: but yeah,
0: I don't know. I'd have to double check that. But I mean, it was it was a fun tournament and a crazy ride on with Phil on Sunday. I talked to the Ringers Joe House about that here on this very program. Um, but you know, it was fun, and we'll see. And I mean, you know, you're like, there's wealth and uh, success when it's like Rory just taking a three million dollar hit for skipping a uh, required. I'm like, that is. That is real, real success right there. Can you right. imagine just being like, I'm just going to skip, and that's a $3 million hit. I'll, I'll get it next time. I'm taking a break. So shout out to Rory for being in that spot. Uh, right. Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast uh, hopefully will join us at some point here on the Sports Birds, who have indeed reassembled um, at some point in this episode. But we shall see. Andrew, thank you as He's always. He's getting ready for, for the playoffs. He is getting ready for the playoffs. Like, I should be, Andrew Hammond, because all three of our teams uh, are playing, and you're in, uh, your team and my own are playing a first-round series where um, the last time we saw this was Joe Johnson, Zaza, and, and company, which was a fun series that obviously um, did not go the way many of us uh, would have liked here on this very program. But Many of us? What, you mean one of us would have liked? Uh, well, many are saying that uh, the sportsmanship from Andrew Hammond would imply that he also did not like it.
1: Oh, yeah. You're completely right. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <Wink. laughs> well, I, okay, uh huh. Wink.
0: Well, okay. I got a
1: question about this, man. Mm-hmm. The NBA playoffs, like this season has been, I would say this season has been pretty solid. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, the the depth of the league is showing, uh, but at the same time, I'm so interested in some of these first-round matchups, like Sacramento. I feel so bad for Sacramento. Like, you have this fantastic season, top four in the West, and you get the defending champions who on any given night can just light you up. And now you got to go seven games with them.
0: Good luck. I mean, I still, I, I would pick them to win the series. I still have not really? seen it. The Warriors have been so bad on the road that they don't have home court. Like, I think I'd feel a little bit better if it was the Warriors in the three spot, but them having to win at least one road game here i don't know until they show me that they can do that um we'll see and then you know sacramento is going to be rocking like i think that's the most expensive round one ticket was oh i believe it so they're going to be rowdy it's going to feel like a college like a college atmosphere um with the warriors in town i think it will be really fun and i i mean right now it's one of those things we're seeing this every year andrew i don't know if you're you fall in line here but I always kind of chuckle a little bit when I see, oh, is this upset going to happen like Lakers, Grizzlies? I, I, there are some people who are picking the Lakers, and we saw this a couple years ago where it was Lakers' Suns, and then a 2-7, and then there was um, a 1-8 matchup. Was it Grizzlies, Warriors, maybe, or Grizzlies? Somebody like that, 1-8. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. Maybe Jazz? Maybe yeah. Jazz um, but Yeah, anyways, Jazz were the oh, one seed uh,
1: a few years ago.
0: Yeah, and people are like, "Oh, I don't know. I might there's there's upset potential there." It just doesn't really happen in the NBA. You don't you rarely get those seven eight winners. And I just look at it where I'm like, "No, I think the majority are going to win." The only one that I'm pretty flip floppy here in terms of the first round is Clippers Suns. Is Paul Jordan's mm. health, What that looks like because Kawhi has played like a MVP the last two months and he's playing 40 minutes a game like he, he can do those 40 minute nights that I'm very curious to see how LAC and Phoenix goes because there have like anyone who's still putting Phoenix in there as a title team I just I don't see it um, not enough games I don't know who that fifth guy is for them um, I don't know who the fifth guy is really for Los Angeles and I think they uh, <laughs> will see what their closing, closing unit looks like in those important critical moments but I, I'm i very curious to see who gets out of that first round um, and what that means because both uh, I think there's probably more pressure on the Clippers to get out because oh, absolutely. we've seen so, like, it, it's sneaky been a, a long time here with Kawhi and Paul George, right? Like, you gave up so much, and we're what? Is this the third season fully that they've been together since the trade from OKC? Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they've done nothing. And then you nope. just, I, I don't know. I wonder what their offseason looks like if they don't get out of the first round here against Phoenix. But I don't know. That's probably my most intriguing. Is that your most intriguing first-round matchup? It is. It is.
1: I I am intrigued. I would also put – I would also put – I think Memphis, Los Angeles could be intriguing. Uh, And the only reason I say that is – and it feels like and in, in, I feel like we might have had this conversation like in maybe January or February, mm-hmm. but we saw this kind of this new wave of teams in the West that are, you know, we're in the top three, top four, but at the same time, neither of them, when it comes to the playoffs, none of these teams have ever had that closing, you know, They've never like closed it out against one of the big boys, you know. I think we, I think we even mentioned like Dallas in this, where it was just like, okay, you know, it's because I think I, I was always saying, and I wasn't trying to be pessimistic or or dismissive, but I always said, okay, when April and May hit, that's when I want to see what these teams are made of, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're here and i with everything memphis has gone through in the last few months the injuries john moran stuff i am so interested in seeing how this team looks against a lakers team that you know i would say i would argue for maybe the first time in months And really the i would say for you know really since the trade deadline i i think about what was it the the little fight they had on friday night a few months ago Mm -hmm. that team compared to this team now they're full of confidence they understand who they are and to me that is the most dangerous type of team that you can face i don't care what your seed is if you understand who you are and you're playing with confidence, you are you to me you have a better chance than any of, of making some noise. And hell, they could lose. They could lose a series in six, seven games, but I think if we were to, you know, for what these teams looked like a few months ago compared to now, the Lakers went from well, they might make the play in to this team could win a series or two if 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 everything goes right. Mm. And I'm very interested in seeing how that goes, uh, because easily, if Memphis wins in five, nobody should be shocked. but do do we expect Memphis to be as good? You know, to turn back the clock to November, December? I I don't think so. And that's the, those injuries to me are just so paramount right now.
0: Yeah, I just look at it like Memphis is going to run into the half-court offense roadblock at some point. I just don't think it's the Lakers cuz I think they can play with speed. I think they can get the Lakers out in transition and wear down their vets. And D'Lo is so hit or miss. We'll see what happens with LeBron and AD's health over the course of a 7-game series. I don't know. I think Memphis and 5 is probably where I would go. I wouldn't if it goes 6, wouldn't be surprised there, but I think the folks who are talking like <laughs> it's just because it's the Lakers where people just give them the benefit of the doubt over and over again. We're like you saw some can the Lakers win the title over the last two Which three weeks? Is and it's wild. It's literally I don't, I think, mean, I don't think they happened. can, I don't but think it's, it's seven, just wild. It is wild. But I also just don't think there's ever been a seven seed that's won the NBA Finals. Like we just overlook. Like they will have to be a road team in every single series. Like they will not have home court anywhere. I just I don't see it. Like I just I don't think that's a that's a realistic <laughs> outcome. Um yeah, I think the Suns are the biggest wild card to me because I, yeah. if you told me the Suns won the title this year, it wouldn't surprise me. If you said the Suns lost to the Clippers in round one, it wouldn't surprise me. I think they're the only one where I could see both scenarios.
1: Well, and and, and the thing that I'm interested in is, you know, because you mentioned, you know, the the Suns. The, and so I, I was just thinking about, I was looking at just how – far and and how close the separation is between the one seed and the eight seed
2: mm-hmm. in terms
1: of record. So it's – I feel like any of these could go either way. I wouldn't be shocked because I feel like that's just the nature of the NBA is that, you know, this year more than ever, like, as I was saying a little earlier, you know, everybody's like, oh, there's not – you know, the, the league isn't as good this year. No, I think the league is – is as good as it's been in a in a long time, in terms of just how stacked both conferences are. And I think the East is uh, separates between four and five a little more, but if you wanted to include the Knicks in that top five, I I wouldn't. You wouldn't find an argument for me. But when I look at the West and how close things are and that's why i say you know if i'm sacramento the worst thing i could have drawn was you know golden state because you know any given night golden state can go off but as you said they can't win on the road but when when i was thinking i was like this is probably as close to a perfect scenario as a 6 seed as golden state can get because they know that when they go into that building tonight, it might be 60-40. Or it might be even closer to 50-50 in terms of Golden State fans and Sacramento Kings fans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I feel like even though they've sucked on the road, it's like they were kind—they were given like the perfect – Roadmap, no pun intended to start their
0: finals journey to, you know, trying to repeat. That's fair. So they're your number one upset pick. It sounds like for round one,
1: uh, it doesn't, you know, you know, to me, it doesn't even feel like an upset. Yeah. Um, like nothing feels like an upset. I mean, I, I would probably put the, because I've got the Lakers over the Grizzlies in seven mm-hmm. and, and mainly because I just don't know what this Grizzlies team is when it comes down to like, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, I don't know what this team is going to look like. Um, So maybe, but you know, as you said, you know, if Memphis wins in five or six, we should, we shouldn't be shocked either way. Mm -hmm. But I think I would, I would give the advantage to LA because I just don't know what this Grizzlies team can do under pressure and down and down some guys. I mean, if Kenneth Loft, if Kenneth Lofton Jr. you know becomes you know a playoff folk hero, I'm down. I am absolutely with it.
0: I think we all are. He's a fun story, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Um, Andrew, do you think? Because Bob's not here, but I, I can pose this to you. Like, do you think Jets fans should start to sweat about what's happening? Absolutely. In the okay.
1: Absolutely. Because it went from, yeah, I want to play here. I want to play for, you know, I want to play for the Jets. I want to play in New York. And went from, oh, we're working on it to, um, Has anybody heard about the trade lately? Like um what's going on here what's mm-hmm. what's what are we doing
0: i uh i'm, I'm looking at this and this is something that i suspected all along is like yeah it sounds good in theory to say hey we don't have to rush the draft's not until uh may like we have some time here right like to get the draft compensation right the problem with that is you're not dealing with a guy who has this track record of committed and he's like, I'm ready to go whenever y'all get the, the deal uh, figured out with Joe Douglas and Brian Gutenkunst. And it's like, he, that's a lot of time for Aaron Rodgers to change his mind. That's a lot of time for Aaron Rodgers to be like, you know, the more I've talked to people, the more I've thought about things. I'm just going to actually go with my gut and retire. I think it really is just down to those two things, because I think the Packers have absolutely checked out from the Aaron Rodgers experience. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. They they are
1: so ready to move on.
0: But, like, would it surprise you at all if he announced his retirement on Pat McAfee's show in the next two weeks?
1: No, not at all. Um, and I'm not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen, but you think about the options that he has at the table. I think he's, he's self-aware enough to know that whatever happened with the Packers, that's done. Like, that chapter, like, we've hit the end of the book on that. But the Jets, it feels like they're putting everything in place in terms of coaches, in terms of personnel that he that he likes. So we're trending towards that. But in terms of a trade, I could see a situation like you said, where both teams are trying to come to the table and they just can't get a deal done. And that that happens more often in dealings across all the major sports.
0: You just mm-hmm. can't
1: get a deal done. And so I could see Aaron Rodgers going the free agency route, but I could also see him going, you know what? It's time. Like, eh, I don't want to deal with this anymore because maybe it's the Jets are being difficult, or if he wants to wait on the Jets and the Jets are just like, Green Bay won't give us a deal. I can see him going, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's call it quits. Let me let me go on my uh, you know three month darkness retreat to. You know, somewhere in Idaho, off of like an underpass. I don't know. Um, sounded very dark, my bad. Um, (laughs) He's a fan of dark places to get away. True. So, I mean, I would feel so bad for Jets fans if, and look, as much as I love Kansas City, great place, don't get me wrong.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I need the NFL draft back in New York i needed at radio city music hall because the jets fans that would be there throughout the day just waiting for any type of aaron Rodgers trade to be announced and it doesn't happen or they have the final trade of of saturday afternoon And it's like in the middle of the 6th or 7th round. Mm -hmm. And they say, we have a trade. And it's not involving the Jets, the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers. Just the agony that these people have waited so long and it doesn't happen. It's Mm kind of hilarious.
0: That's what I would say, too. It's like, I would... (sighs) I feel bad for bob i don't feel bad for the jets ownership in front office where it's like when you commit yourself to this wagon based on all of the evidence that we have that this could go very badly for you by getting into the aaron Rodgers trade business i don't feel bad for them like you had other options you could have signed Derek hart you could have just not drafted zach wilson you could have done a lot of different things you could have not hired nathaniel hackett who just orchestrated one of the worst offenses we've seen uh, in 2022 for the Broncos. <sighs> you like, know,
1: look, I'm going to defend – I'm not going to defend Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm going to defend the Broncos' idea of Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. I will I will just say they were under the assumption that they could get Aaron Rodgers. Right. And That's why you brought him in. But they could once again, couldn't get a deal done. And so it became, well, Nathaniel, what quarterback out there would you like to work with, even though we can't give you your first choice? He was like, I like Russell Wilson. They're like, great. In theory, awesome. Mm -hmm. In practice, ew.
0: I just, no oh, no 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 and there's no like what is their fallback like if he retires is it just Ryan Tannehill is that it
1: oh I forgot, I Ryan forgot he's there
0: you know what Andrew <sighs> do you think it what would you put it more than fifty percent Ryan Tannehill ends up being the Jets starting quarterback in Week One next year or Aaron Rodgers because I think it's actually if I had to say. Like, in my heart of hearts, what I could picture more clearly come September, it's Ryan Tannehill reunite with Todd Downing, his longtime OC in Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. That's what my guess is.
1: I'm going – I would go 55%.
0: Right? And 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 then Aaron Rodgers is just a full-time NFL (laughs) analyst on the Pat McAfee show.
1: I would would go 55% mainly because – And and it's actually it swung from fifty five percent. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is headed there. It's a formality, but now it's if it's feeling like okay, you haven't been able to make a deal yet. Yeah, what are you waiting on? And as as I prefaced earlier, deals come close and don't get done more often than not. Mm -hmm. But this one seems very interesting because of. The player that's involved, the potential assets that will be dealt between the two teams, and so now you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. what are we doing here, guys? But yeah, uh, it if they if one or both teams announce, hey, this may go after. The, you know, the, the trade talks may go after the draft, which I could absolutely see happening and I think will happen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: essentially to appease Aaron Rodgers. If I'm the Jets yeah. and I say, hey, we're still working on a deal, we go public and say, hey, there probably won't be any movement towards Aaron Rodgers, you know, during the draft, but we aren't completely shutting the door. Great awesome but if he's just left out in the lurch the entire time during the draft and you don't either you don't make a statement right before right after and he's just sitting there chilling you're gonna start pissing him off and it's just like okay you know i want to be here if if it's if it's if it's not on you guys then somebody's gonna answer for why i'm still a technically i'm still a green bay packer even though they've changed everything out (laughs) and they're just reserving you know my ring of honor status cool everything else yeah Yeah, i got beef i got beef (laughs) i'm not feeling so i'm not feeling so good about this uh yeah, so I, I'm very fascinated with how all that is going to uh, unfold.
0: Um, the last big thing I wanted to touch on here, Andrew, and this is just right down, um, right down the pike here for you. So when you and I are um, getting some some wings and some fries and some good Alabama barbecue when I'm in town for Alabama Tennessee this fall. Yes, and we, we maybe even do a live in person sports reporters uh, follow. up That would be that good. One. There you go. I mean, that's the plan. I'll be there for, um, for that game and all that. And we're we're doing that. And then uh, Sunday before I leave and head back, I'm like, hey, Andrew, do you wanna do you wanna watch the Minnesota Vikings game? Because I know you're a Vikings guy. And I'll have we'll go to a sports bar and I'll have the Falcons obviously on one when they're uh, already just rolling. You know, in October. Do you,
1: oh, question. Do you know I absolutely hate sports bars?
0: Like it? What do you mean? Do you hate the atmosphere, or do you hate like go? Like, do you still go and just it's not your? I
1: I will. I will not go and watch a game at a sports bar.
0: Oh, I I just I'm for NFL. Really. Well, the reason is because I'm now in Knoxville, and I don't want to pay for Sunday ticket to watch Falcons games. So
1: you mean you I don't want to pay you you don't want to pay nearly three hundred buck or yeah 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 nearly three hundred four hundred dollars for the uh, Sunday ticket package with YouTube TV.
0: Yeah, no, I saw that, and I was like, "Yep, I'll still be going to sports bars for uh, these games on Sunday because I'm not doing that." So I tell
1: myself I'm not gonna do it. But that NFL schedule is going to come out, and on a random June-July day, I'm going to be like, man, I'm going to pull the trigger. And I already hate myself for
0: it. <laughs> I can't. Well, but here's the Sports other thing. Sports is, is her, a
1: sickness, by the way.
0: It is a sickness. It's funny. My wife said last night, because my brother and my dad and I were having a Tennessee conversation, and... I think Tennessee and Georgia, because my brother's a big Georgia guy, so we all can't be perfect here in the Thomas household, but uh, we were talking about it, and my wife was like, how do you just like, because it was that classic naming some guys, uh, oh nice. guys, and my, so my wife's just like, what are y'all, it's just like another language, like they just know, like what is this? sickness that has allowed him to remember the 2007 Tennessee defensive back and, like, things like that. But um, Does she
1: not appreciate some Eric Zaire
0: references? Jeez. Zaire? Eric Zaire, sir. Zaire. I thought it was
1: Zaire. Zaire. I thought, oh, he was a waste of
0: space in the NFL, so congratulations. Well, he was a Georgia guy, so that's no skin off my back. Um, Could be worse. Could be Eric Ainge. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I, won't Hi, Eric, <laughs> I won't touch that one. Hi, Eric. How are you? I won't touch that one. But all that to say, Andrew, when we're not at a sports bar watching this game because you have Sunday ticket, we're watching it on your, in your living room couch. The Vikings are on. And I'm like, man, isn't it cool that our worlds have come together because your starting quarterback is none other than Hinden Hooker because he got drafted by the Vikings in round one and then took over the starting job by mid October. Are you prepared for Hendon Hooker to be your starting quarterback next year? Because I am so excited for you. I'm happy for you. It's going to be a great first round pick. Hendon's awesome. And it's going to be a fun time. We're going to be our, we're going to be on the same team, Andrew. It's going to be great.
1: I don't like this. Um, Look,
0: you didn't know where I was going with this, did you?
1: You didn't, and <laughs> but also, it's the thing that we just aren't talking about at parties. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out. like, So, the Vikings went from, end of the season, the Vikings went from probably win the NFC North next year to... So who's winning the NFC North next year?
0: Anyone who says they have an idea of who's winning the NFC North are out of their mind. You have literal current Packers players being like, we're in rebuild mode, which was a wild thing to say uh, out loud this week. But
1: it's about time they said it.
0: But like. The players can't say that like that's one of those i'm like no, no, i can't that I got you. that can't be out loud like that's that's wild to say uh, like especially when you have a new quarterback taking over to be like yeah i think we're gonna be pretty bad um coming into the year that seems like a bad thing but it's like you could make the case that it would not be surprising for any of those four teams to win the division any of the four could win and it wouldn't surprise me i think that's the most open division in the nfl this year right
1: yeah, I mean, I look at the I look at the NFC North, and there there's an argument for everybody. Yes, including the freaking Lions.
0: They're um, the favorites.
1: They, uh, yeah, and I it, it, look. I've I've given up on who wins what division. I just look at it as okay. How many games will it take to win X division? it's probably going to take either eight or nine games to win the division this year. Just that's, that's just how, that's how I see it. Yeah. Um, if somebody gets above that, they're probably in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, eight or nine games. Because, and it's not because the division is bad. I think the, I think the NFC North is actually pretty damn good. Um, uh, But you've got teams in transition. You've got the Vikings in this weird space where if everything goes right, they're an NFC championship contender. But you're getting – you needed to get younger on defense. And you're doing that and, you know, you needed to get – you needed to unload some of your big money contracts – Without getting rid of the big, big money contract, so it's look. If they traded Kirk, cool.
0: Like, great. But the Niners might come calling.
1: Why? Okay. Okay. What? Why? What Kyle's why the, always
0: loved Kirk. Kyle has loved Kirk Cousins.
1: I know since they were in Washington, Washington. together. I get it, but
0: that's his ideal guy. Like the why? super never take chances, over the middle, little stuff, put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Like you never have to worry about being too high, too low. He's but the why, prototypical why would Kyle they guy. Who,
1: but who 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 would they who would they trade?
0: Uh, I mean because I don't know. Brock, I don't
1: Brock, know. Brock Purdy had, oh, had to get a big Lance?
0: What if it was Trey Lance? Trey Lance is coming off an injury. Like, I... Would you not sign up? I mean, North Dakota State, he'd almost be coming home a little bit here. I know a lot of North Dakota State fans. Shout out to a friend of the pod, Eric Thompson, the daily Norseman. Would you not take a flyer on Trey Lance?
1: I... Maybe, but at the same time, it's like why would san francisco want to add him to this already busy quarterback room i i don't know but you I,
0: would say no
1: it's not that i wouldn't say no i'm for for minnesota i think i think you pull off the deal i mean you'd have to get a lot in return but i don't know it, You're going from one commodity who has shown what, like, it is what it is with Kirk. But then you're essentially, it feels like, I feel like an NBA GM in the early (laughs) 2000s, where I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm going off of the potential of what could happen
2: Mm -hmm.
1: with Trey Lance. I don't know how I feel about that. Can you sell me on the potential? That That's the that's the problem, is that if it's Trey Lance, you're essentially going off on, oh, this could potentially happen.
0: But the potential is still exciting, because you've been riding the Kirk wave. And think about, I mean, just the history of Minnesota Vikings football. Like, in your lifetime, Andrew, how yeah. many – Franchise quarterbacks, can you say you've been excited about year in, year out for Minnesota? Is it just Culpepper and Randall Cunningham? Like, were you really excited about Brad Johnson? Were you a big Gus Farrat guy? Were you oh, okay. just like Gus Okay, okay,
1: <laughs> okay, enough. Look, <laughs> I'm more comfortable drafting a quarterback. Yeah. The problem, like, if they wanted to get Trey Lance, it feels like you're drafting a quarterback, kind of, but I don't know. It doesn't, the the move for going from Minnesota to San Francisco doesn't make sense. At least for me, it doesn't make sense because you've already got a quarterback room full of young guys. Like, is Kirk Cousins better than Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? Absolutely. But that that gap isn't as close, or that gap isn't as far as everybody thinks. Because Kirk's problem, Kirk likes to stay in the pocket.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That offensive line in San Francisco it's better than minnesotas but not by much i don't know
0: i we're getting off I, track here which is i am excited for you because hinden hooker would be the most exciting first round quarterback prospect for the minnesota vikings in your lifetime
1: yes <laughs> look i mean uh, i don't even i don't know what this draft is going to look like after like Pick number three, and while I don't that's even know great, number
0: one, are you certain about what Carolina does? I have no idea.
1: Carolina's going to draft a quarterback. It's either going to be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, um,
0: Texans might not take a quarterback. D'Amico Ryan's might be like, we're going to build out our defense and offensive line first.
1: He, you know, Oh, so going the San Francisco method, which,
0: yeah. It, it, look,
1: I feel like if Davis Mills had had another year in college before he left. He would he would he would have probably been the one of the first two quarterbacks off the board when he eventually went into the league, like if he had stayed because mm-hmm. he's not terrible, but. It's Davis Mills, no offense if you're watching this Davis Mills, but.
0: Well, what's funny is, like, he was actually, I think he was a GAC kid here in Atlanta, and he was, like, the number one overall quarterback prospect. Five star coming out and went to Stanford. And it, I think people have this idea of, like, if you didn't keep up with him in college or the high school as a prospect, it's like, oh, just another, uh, just another reach, or he's, like, a backup, no upside. And I'm like, Davis Mills had, like, he was literally the number one quarterback prospect. Like, he yeah, he's, he's very good.
1: I mean, I think Stanford, you know, if he, if he was. If he had had actual weapons at Stanford, great, but yeah, I, like, Davis Mills doesn't move the needle, but I could absolutely see D'Amico Ryans and Houston going. I think we're good. We're, we're, We're good with what we have. Um. That's going to piss off a lot of Houston Texans fans uh, who have probably, you know, just they have the, you know, Bryce Younger, CJ Stroud jerseys just chilling in the cart on Fanatics ready to go. And all of a sudden we're keep. Oh, we're rolling with Davis Mills. (sighs) Great. God. Like, look, no offense. I love Kansas City. It's great, but I need the NFL draft in cities where somebody's got a top three pick and there's some type of intrigue or drama like that's, that's just that that would be fantastic for me because I need yeah. I need to see these fans stressing out
0: I mean that's fair that's fair Andrew. What can the good folks check out from you and the great team over at AL.com this week?
1: We have got the Alabama spring game next Saturday, and so we will have a lot of coverage uh, heading into that uh, over the uh, course of the week.
0: There you go. I'm excited to see what happens with that quarterback room, if it's Milrow or Ty Simpson. It's fascinating. Yeah. Agreed. Two very different options there. Um, but we'll see Andrew. Thank you. As always, Bob miss you this week. We'll have Bob back next week and you have yourself a great rest of your weekend, my friend. And I will talk to you next week. This has been Ingram radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program, and if you're an Apple podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves.
2: Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I
0: really do. I think you've got a way about you that you're interviewing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, um